The social change culture wants to influence children's attitudes and beliefs away from family values and Christ. But first, they have to diminish and eliminate the voice of the parent. So how do we respond to a culture that wants to destroy family? We strengthen the very institution that they're afraid of, the family. Welcome to the Monica Klein Show, and I am your host, Monica Leal Klein. I have a unique episode for you all today. You know, we have all been reading and hearing about the transgender identity trend that is hitting so many of our youth, and it's so hard to understand. Um, But the one perspective that we haven't heard from often is the perspective of the parents who have children with transgender identity. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, these parents are, are, you know, they're, they're crazy because they're affirming their kids in this identity. Well, the parents that I have uh, interviewed, I have four interviews with four different parents, and I'm going to be releasing them one after another. And these parents are different. These are parents who do not affirm their children in transgender identity. They will not call them by their new, the name that they've chosen, you know, the, the opposite sex name, they do not call them by the pronouns that they're asking to be called by. Uh, they continue to refer to their children by their birth names, uh, and as the gender that they were born. So, uh, so they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're not lying to their kids. The other thing that really stood out to me is that these parents really, really love their children and they are loving them, loving them with great patience, uh, long suffering. I mean, these parents are, are extraordinary, doing their best with the kids. So what you're going to hear in these interviews is that, you know, maybe some of you will listen to the interviews and think, Monica, why didn't you ask them this question? Why didn't you ask them that question? And I'll tell you why I didn't d- dig deep into these interviews as an activist, because I know I, I'm, I'm considered an activist. I didn't do it because these are families that are not activists. They're, they don't even want to be known. You know, um, they're using different names because they've been attacked quite a bit. And these are parents that genuinely from their heart, they just want to give a warning to you and not just a warning, but they want to educate you. They want to teach you what to look out for. They, uh, they want to make sure that you know how to handle the schools, how to handle yourself, how to handle your, your child, uh, what kind of therapist you should or should not go to, uh, what resources are available to you. They seriously just want to be there to, to help you. This is what the interviews are about. Um, so, um, they're, they're hurting. These families are hurting. So I did not take an activist role in my interviews with them. And I don't regret that at all. Um, I, I've, I've come to really enjoy being uh, and having conversations with these parents. And I hope I, you know, they'll, they'll want to come back again and share more. So the first interview today is with a mom named Jennifer, and you'll learn in her interview that she is also Catholic and her, uh, daughter goes to a Catholic school. So, um, you know, get a cup of coffee, cup of tea, whatever you want to do, but get comfortable because, um, this is going to be a great story, um, of, of really Jennifer sharing her life, uh, with you. Jennifer, thank you so much for being with me today, uh, and with our listeners and you're bringing a very important story about, um, your life and your experiences and your children's experiences with, the trans 
transgender movement. And forgive me if I don't always use the correct terms. Um, uh, just like the parents listening, I'm learning a lot from all of you parents today. But Jennifer, can you just introduce yourself and just kind of let us know, um, you know, what's on your heart? What is it that you believe parents need to know about the transgender movement and why is that important to you? Hmm, that's a great question. So uh, my family and I live in Los Angeles and, um, you know, it's a, it's a very liberal state, very liberal area. But um, it, I, I understand that this issue is something that affects people across the country. It's not just um, part of big metropolitan areas. So, you know, we are, we're, conservative with, you know, we're, we're not as conservative politically. We are, but we're not as conservative politically as as some are. We're fairly moderate and we're Catholic too. So our daughter goes to a Catholic school. That's just the, that's just a background on our family. In particular, our daughter decided that she identifies as trans when she was 14. So a bit of background there. We have a very caring, very sensitive daughter who um, I would say along the way hasn't quite fit with um, the other girls. She's always been really likable and has had a lot of friends. But many times what we found is that friendships have ended with girls over, you know, her sort of dislike of a lot of the um, a, a lot of what goes on with girls, you know, and, and so sometimes they get gossipy or mean and she would back out from that. Just, um, you know, it's a, it's something that as a family, it's been important to all of us. And it's certainly important to me as a person and a woman. So throughout the years, I've, I've really applauded her for backing out of that. Um, and, and at some point, though, she decided that girls are that way. And we had a lot of conversations about, you know, no, that's not really true. But you find that out. You you think that through kids in elementary and middle school. You know, you that's the kids can be pretty mean during those times. And, you know, always, you know, I've had this girl who just loved being a girl. It was girl power, girls trips. Uh, you know, we we were the dynamic duo of girl and mom, daughter and mom. And so it just made up the fabric of who we were. And she had, um, she had a very, um, she had surgery and was at home during eighth grade for recovery. And she spent a lot of time on the internet. In retrospect, my husband and I realized that this was a time where there was a lot of grooming going on. Um, you know, just you sort of your average normal kid um, suddenly, I think being barraged by all kinds of information. But what led up to that, um, we had spent the first year in public school, eighth grade year, out of private school. We thought this is fantastic. You get to see a little bit of diversity in your life. You know, we were we were so excited to have her have that experience. And but we didn't realize that was there was education. Um, and it's mandated by California law, but education from somebody who identifies as transgender, who, um, you know, th teaches the kids about 
being transgender and what does it mean to be transgender? It's really sort of a superficial explanation. It's this, you know, you don't feel like your natal sex. You maybe were um, assigned female or male at birth, but that's not who you are. Or sort of this concept of being born in the wrong body. And so gender then becomes conflated with sex because sex is what you're born with. Uh, gender, to my, you know, and what I understand, it's a social construct of how we have evolved as people. Females tending to be the gentler sex, the ones that take care of the family don't work as much, um, you know, are just really, really the supportive, nurturing people. And that men are those people who, you know, they like manly things. They like motorcycles, cars, they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they work in different, um, you know, different jobs. And, and we've talked about that along the way too, because I work in a man's, you know, I always say it's a man's world in my job. And, um, you know, my, my husband is one of these great people who's, he's a great dad and he loves like cooking and makes dinner for us. And so I've often talked about how we have really fluid gender roles in our family. And this was long before, you know, this conversation started. Um, but somehow the school has reinforced this idea of gender roles. So if you feel like, you know, if you feel like you don't like pink and you feel like you like blue more, well, maybe you're a boy. Or if you feel like, you know, you like hanging out with the guys, you like to game, you know, you you don't really sort of fit in with the girls, you're probably a guy. And you were just born in the wrong body. And And I think that, you know, the age that my daughter learned this extremely impressionable age and very vulnerable in her life at that point, you know, not feeling like she, you know, felt like the rest of the girls, I'm, you know, not gossipy, not mean. Um, You know, I don't, I don't love wearing a dress. That's such a gender thing that, and the vulnerability of just having had surgery, major surgery and disliking her body. um, I think those suddenly, added up to this concept of, oh, well, that resonates. I must be a, a, a guy. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like my body. I'm growing breasts. I don't like how it feels that I've had surgery. And, you know, the girls seem a little strange to me. I must have been assigned female at birth, but born in the wrong body, because that's what they say at school. Did she ever verbalize any of this to you? Um, no, um, not along the way, really. And when eighth grade ended, she and her friend sort of, I, I put it in quotes because I'm not really sure what it means to come out, but they came out together, almost as like you would think somebody comes out to their families being gay or to their friends being gay. So she said to me, I need to talk to you. I need to let you know I'm non-binary. And she started crying and I said, what's non-binary? And she said, I don't really feel like a girl or guy. And I said, oh, 
I don't either. <laughs> and so I said, I don't, you know, I'll look it up. I'll see what that means, what non-binary is. And that was when I, I started to get a jolt. I started to realize, okay, this isn't just sort of tomboy. And in fact, she isn't or never has been a tomboy. But that this just really has to do with I don't identify as my sex. Interesting. Fast forward. High school was about to start. And she started to have some really odd behavior, you know, like saying, like, I don't like myself. She put post-it notes up. I hate myself. And I said to her, this is really, this makes me sad because you're such a happy person and you've got all kinds of excitement in front of you with high school. And she said, no, it's because I'm a guy and you're not treating me like a guy. And I want to go into school as a guy. And I said, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. And she gave, you know, she said, I want to be called this at school. I want to be referred to by my preferred pronouns. And, you know, I want to start medical treatment. And I said, you know, I, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. I'm willing to learn. It doesn't make sense, though, to me. And so... The next day, she created what I would call a psychiatric breakdown. Um, never been a kid with any kind of <clears throat> psychiatric issues. Um, it, and, and so I took her to the psychiatrist thinking, what the heck is happening here? Something has just really, something has happened. And we went into the psychiatrist and she said, Mom, I need to talk to you. I went in, sat down with my daughter and the psychiatrist, and she said, "She's trans. Uh, your what you believe is your daughter is really your son. He's transgender, and you need to take him to Children's Hospital right away." And I, I just, I was stunned, and I said, "I, I don't know what you mean." And she said. You know, these kids, there's a statistic, and I honestly, I can't remember what it was because I was so stunned, but it, it was about suicide. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my jaw dropped. And, and and now that I've learned so much, I, I now understand the danger of the, quote, suicide statistic, um, which, which I don't believe has any basis in reality. But um, mm -hmm. we, we went home and had a little bit of a conversation about, you know, gosh, this is a really dangerous concept. And she was, she was angry with me, not an angry person was for the first time angry with me. And that night she sat down and said, I think I'd like to hurt myself or others. And I said, okay, what's, what does this mean? And she said, I think I need to go to the hospital. And I said, what, 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 what are you feeling? She said, people are looking at me. Like I see people looking at me and I really need to go to the hospital. There's something very wrong with me. I need to get to children's hospital. And I said, we won't go to children. If you really need to go to the hospital, we're not going to children's hospital. We'll go to the emergency room at Cedar sinai and um, we will, you know, we, we'll go through a psychiatric route. And she's like, no, I, it's because I'm not, I'm not comfortable in my body. And I said, I think we should stay home then. I think that, you know, we shouldn't call the ambulance. We shouldn't go to the hospital. We should just stay home and, and work through this. And she said, 
um, I think I need to go to the hospital. I said, okay, then we'll go through the psychiatric unit at Cedar sinai And then she said, I really don't want to do that. Can we just lay down? You lay down beside me and let's listen to some music. And it was, um, she wanted to listen to a, um, a musician who is, you know, is like an LGBT ally. So I said, sure, we'll listen. And we fell asleep. Um, the next day we went in to do some things for school. And and she said, I want you to put my name, my preferred name, my preferred pronouns in, you know, the school roster. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. We're just, I don't understand this issue. And I, I don't understand how you identify. And she said, well, I am trans. I'm not non-binary. I am trans. And um, I need medical treatment right away. And so I said, you, you've got to slow down. And it was at that point that I started to do a lot of research. And I did research not only through, I, I finally found parent groups, thank goodness. And, um, you know, there are some people who are really key in helping me understand this. I, I'm so grateful that I found these people and these resources but I also stopped to take a look at what's on the other side. So we started jumping into Reddit and subreddits that had a lot of kids who believe they have gender dysphoria, believe that they're trans. I started going into YouTube and looking at the videos. Uh, anywhere that I could find information, you know, I found D-trans groups. I found groups that, you know, really um, encourage transition. I looked at the school curriculum. Um, just started talking to a little people or a lot of people and, and really educated myself, which allowed me then to go to my daughter and say, hey, I really want to talk about this. And she said, you don't understand what it's like to be born in the wrong body. And I said, you're right. I don't understand what that means. But I know who the parents are. I know who the experts are. I know trans people, detrans people. I know kids who get onto Reddit and perverts come in and try to talk to them and I scare them away. I understand, you know, I, I know every aspect of this. So you, you can't tell me that I don't understand the issue. You can tell me I don't understand what it feels like to be born in the wrong body. Why don't you tell me? And she couldn't articulate what that meant. And I said to her, what does it mean to be a boy? And she said, I don't know. And I said, I think these are things you need to really think about before you label yourself, you get on to some kind of, um, you know, you get on some sort of, I might have used the word conveyor belt because that's that's been my word when I, when I talk about this. But, you know, I said, there are a lot of ramifications to this. It's not just as easy as jumping onto a school roster as he, him, and with the new name. So over time, I've tried to forward that conversation. And, you know, there are some therapists out there who understand the issue and they're very helpful to parents. And this is you know, what they have said to parents, really try to stay with the kid um, and don't, you know, try not to shut the conversation down. And so over time, we've, we've tried to do this. What I'm frustrated with is that we're not getting good answers. We're getting the same born in the wrong body. We're getting, you know, speeches that, frankly, I've seen them on Facebook or not Facebook, but YouTube more than once. And not long ago, I 
went into my daughter's room and saw that she was watching a YouTube influencer that, and Abigail Schreier, who wrote a book about the uh, the statistics of um, of kids who, especially girls, who believe they're transgender. Um, and we can talk about the name of the book in the book if you're interested. But uh, Abigail Schreier's picture was up, and I said it's really interesting to me that you you've got uh, you're watching a YouTuber. And she said, "Oh, you know, you know, you know him." And I said, "I know of him." I said, "But let me just tell you something. He's selling shot glasses on his show. He's trying to make money, and look, he's got this many followers, and this translates to dollars." And it's, it's really, um, when he gives you advice, you have to remember that what you're doing is you are increasing the number of viewers and you're, you're paying, you're paying him for information that I don't know why he's even talking about it. What, you know, what is his, what are his credentials for being an expert in something? And remember, he's selling shot glasses. And I said, you know, by the way, I do see Abigail Schreier's picture up there. She wrote a book and it has had a lot of popularity. It's a bit, um, it's controversial. Um, But what she does is she wants to tell the truth. And she said, well, the guy, the influencer said, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's not a doctor. She's not an expert in this. Um, and, and so she's just trying to push an agenda. And I said, you know, I think that there might be an agenda to what she's writing. And I think it's the truth. The agenda is really trying to get some statistics out there around what it means. You know, what, what does it mean? There's, there's been a less than 1%, um, statistics rate, you know, that, the transgender population is less than 1%. But what we've seen is that it's climbing drastically over time. So it's not sort of like you've jumped into a minority. You've jumped into a trend. And she said, I'm not part of the trend. Um, so, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, your friend who came out on the same day, is she? And she said, well, I don't think so. Um and I said, well, you know, you've got a lot of sort of these friends that you've met on, uh, you know, different different groups. And by, by now she's 16 and I, we realized that we were sort of too late. She's already been indoctrinated online. But, um, you know, I'm like, if you look at the statistics, it really does seem strange. You know, a lot of kids. And I said, you know, we were, you know, dad and I were adding this up and we know. 16 kids in our family and friends circle. No, not the parents that are out there talking about this, but in our friends and family circle. And it's really significant. So I do believe that Abigail Schreier's onto something where she's talking about this. Really, the statistics are, are, they don't track what we have, what we've seen over time. It's a, it's kind of a thing. Yeah, I think what you're saying is that or what Abigail is saying, too, is that this is it looks the numbers look more like a trend than they actually are an actual like uh, mental disorder or a, um, you know, or or like a disease or a chronic illness or something like that, that it's more leaning towards a trend uh, when when you look at the numbers. Um, And I'm really, you know, curious yeah, one one thing that you're saying, I'm not cur- curious, but one thing that you're saying that I think 
I want I don't want our listeners to overlook is how you've been able to stay with your daughter through this whole process. And one of the things that you did was that you really did the research. You didn't just submit to you know, something that you didn't understand, but you actually went out there and educated yourself to help your daughter. Um, even, even if it's been very painful, obviously. And I think you mentioned that she, is she still believing that she is a boy? She does. And now more than okay. ever, as we were entering into the school year, which just started and is back in person the first time since, you know, the year before last, they never did go back. Um, she really, things ramped up. She wanted um, a piece of clothing called a binder that is supposed to compress the breasts. Um, you know, she demanded to have her name changed on the roster, which, you know, for better or worse, we did acquiesce to. Um, it felt to me like I could continue to have converse. I, what we wanted to do when working with her therapist, who's very good at understanding our family dynamics is to take the power away um, from this discussion. And it's different than what some of the advice is out there, but we, we wanted to take the power away from it. And this, you know, constant, constant discussion around the name. And so we said, go to school, use your name. It's not your real name, but they can use it as a nickname. That's fine. So, um, you know, just, it, it just ramped up to a place that it was, um, you know, it seemed like it was all of a sudden, you know, just to, this was the most important thing. And what we realized in talking to her therapist is that because school's coming up, she wants that stature at school. You know, she she's declared that she's something and she never has to act like that at home. You know, at home, she runs around, she whistles, she, you know, sings songs about like being a girl and you know, she does her hair up in, in different styles. And then when she is heading to school, she pretends like she's lowering her voice. It's almost like she's putting on an act. And this is, you yeah. know, this, I'll take on this persona. Um, but it's not, it's not real. And, and your question was, has this started to subside? No, it hasn't. But I like to think... I'm not sure if I'm right or not, but I like to think that we're getting at some of the bigger issues, less superficial issues about pronouns or about, you know, the the name, but into things like born in the wrong body. What does it mean to be born in the wrong body? So um, we, my daughter goes to a Catholic high school. They're fairly, I mean, Catholic high schools in and of themselves have been known to be conservative, but uh, her high school in particular is not that conservative. And they really, um, they're part of what they are into is social justice, which as a family resonated with us when, you know, she applied and, and was accepted. What I didn't know is that there was this big push within the school for diversity and inclusion. And so they, they called, the school called when uh, the first day my daughter introduced herself as, you know, I'm he, him, and here's my name. So they called and I was grateful for that. You know, is this something that you as a family have um, dealt with? And I said, not really, this is a surprise to me. And, and she said, you know, we'd like to have a discussion with your family. So, 
you know, rather than just saying, okay, well, this is your kid, your kid's a female, we're, we're going with she, her, and with your, your kid's name, we want conversation. And so we went in and had the conversation and, you know, tried to educate them about what is this issue? Why does it happen to this sort of, you know, it's not we don't see it as a mental condition. It's not sort of a, you know, you just give them what they want. And I, I put the word they and them in quotes because I've heard this a lot of times in talking to doctors. I've, I've figured out how I can talk to some of the doctors who do surgeries. And, you know, it's the word is we don't want to, you know, we don't want to ask them too many questions. So the word them to me just means that we've suddenly taken kids and we've turned them into this population of people who we don't want to, you know, it's a them, it's, it's their problem. It's, it's something over there. We'll just help them very, um, it, it, it becomes very impersonal. You know, it's not about the kid. It's very impersonal. So we shared this with them and, you know, they, they shook their heads. It was um, a young head of school or actually head of, head of um, academics, which didn't quite make sense to me that that was the interest, and a very young school counselor. And they shook their heads. And as we left, my husband and I said, they don't get it. You know, their their diversity and inclusion into them, fantastic. They've got somebody at their school who's transgender. You know, they're, they're very open-minded. They're excited for this, you know, they're part of this. They can they can step up and they can do the right thing. And they can also say, look, what we say on our website is right. We are we are inclusive and we are loving. And she said to me, you know, that the Catholic Church doesn't have a, an official stance on this. And I said, Well, it'll be interesting to see how this this comes out, right? Because there's so many ways to look at this, and one of them is you know, how does how does the Catholic Church look at it? How does society look at it? And what happened, though, after that was surprising, because we were asked to come in again and have another conversation and to say, you know, have you changed your minds? And we said, no, we haven't. And I said, well, we're going to invite your kiddo in. And so suddenly our kid showed up to this meeting and she walked in. And the head of academics said, we're here to talk about your name. And my daughter went, oh, hey, guys. Hey, I got to go. I didn't know you guys were here and we were having this meeting. I'm good. And walked out. And it just was, you know, it was awkward for everybody. It just, it felt like, um, you know, it just felt overreaching that a school would do that. So, with the school, life went on. It's COVID, not in person. You know, the name still is on the roster is our daughter's name. But before school started, I got a call again. You know, we really need to figure this out before school starts because we need to make sure that we are supporting your child. We support kids in a way that reflects their, um, you know, their preferred pronouns and their preferred gender. And so... Um, she said, what is your child's name? And I said, our child's name is X, our child's name. Um, our child would like to be called. That's the nickname. 
And they wrote back in bold saying, what are your child's nickname, uh, preferred pronouns? And I wrote back and said, you'll have to ask my child. Um, because I knew we weren't going to, I knew we could not change this conversation. But I also knew that as a parent, we weren't going to, if, if a kid's not old enough to articulate what it means to a school, then, you know, this isn't, this is an adult concept that is not for a kid really to, they, she can't even explain it. So why are we as adults trying to come up with some sort of, you know, this is the plan for our kid. We are not taking this kid down the path of, of medicalization. We're not taking the kid down a so, social path. If that's something that she wants to move forward with at the right time down the road as an adult, we will, you know, we love our kid more than anything and we'll, we'll be there down the road, but this is not on our watch. You know, this, this isn't on our watch. This won't, we won't be responsible for something that's unhealthy or at some point could cause regret. We're not on a path to create this, you know, this fiction. And so Jennifer, uh, you've, as a family, you've decided that you're not going to affirm your daughter and her belief that she is a male. Um, As a family, you've decided that you're not going to affirm your daughter's thoughts in that way by using a different name or pronoun or by giving the school permission uh, to do that. And, and, but you're also saying that you love your daughter. And so even if your daughter, when she becomes an adult and she's on her own and she makes these decisions uh, for herself, that you'll still love her. Absolutely. uh, absolutely. Because parents, and that's hard. That's a hard place to be. I'm wondering, and I'm, and I don't mean to push back, but I'm wondering. um, So she's still at this Catholic school that affirms her. Um, and and pa- many parents, I know some listeners are probably thinking, why do you still have her at that school? Uh, you know, so wondering, what are your thoughts on that? Um, she's still there. They're trying to affirm her. They're trying to pressure you to affirm her. Why decide to keep her there? Because it won't be any different anywhere else. Every private mm-hmm. school um, has this. It works with it the same way. And every um, public school does, too. And I think that. A lot of it has to do with state law. Um, a lot of it has to do with the hopes that there'll be, you know, this diverse and inclusive type of, of school. And you know what? They can't push back. Honestly, they can't. There's so much pressure for a school to to be affirming and and legally, you know, if they if there's any state money, at least in California, they have to be. In a private school, I'm not sure if there's any state money at the school, but there's schools are affirming every one of them. So yeah, the fact that they California laws. Yeah. 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 The fact that they even stopped to ask us means that this is the best choice. It's interesting. Yeah. It would be any place else. It would be worse. Mm -hmm. I thought what you said was so interesting that parents are the barrier because I've heard that too. And, um, you know, I, I think that goes exactly to the heart of this. Why is it that parents are the barrier? Why is this a secret kind of thing? You know, what what is it? Yeah. Well, um, 
and if you're really asking, my research has found, I'm finding that there is a huge move, obviously, that we're seeing in our country to become a socialist or even communist community. And if you, by just reading the Communist Manifesto, it does say to eradicate all private property, all private family, nothing is private, um, that the children belong to the government. And I think that when you look at organizations like Planned Parenthood, when we're looking at the transgender movement, when we're looking at comprehensive sexuality education, they all say the same thing. Parents are a barrier. Parents are a problem unless the parent affirms these same beliefs that they have. And if a parent doesn't affirm these beliefs, then we need to eliminate the parent. Um, and I think what why I started to takes a family is, is the point is, is that parents are powerful. This is why parents are targeted this way. They're being removed because they know that you, mom, Jennifer, you are powerful, a powerful influence over your own child. Um, you have the power to remove her from any environment that might be harming her. You have the power to take down the internet. You have the power to do all of these things. You have the power to influence her the most because children more than anything want the, the acceptance and the love of their parents. Um, and so that's what makes parents such a barrier. And, and I can only imagine how painful this is for you to, to watch your daughter, you know, I don't know if I should use the word decline this way, but that the way she, she declines, but I can also identify a little bit with uh, seeing your daughter be so herself at home, uh, which is interesting because it tells me that she feels safe enough at home to be herself. But when she walks out the door, she doesn't feel safe enough to be herself. And that's why she starts to put on an act. So the very fact that she feels safe enough in her home to be herself is a great hope and light. And maybe we need more of that. Maybe she needs more of that. Because, you know, what I'm finding, even with my own family, the outside world looks really, really scary because it's changing and it's always changing because all of this is based on relativism, right? It's all based on what you feel. That means there's never an absolute truth. So you never know. You never know what to believe anymore. I think a little girl, um, I've shared this on a previous podcast. She was taught about, uh, you know, that gender is not binary at school and her mother and she came home she was in elementary school she came home and told her mom and was visibly upset and her mom stayed really calm and asked you know, how did this make you feel and her answer was very profound she said mom it makes me feel like one plus one isn't two anymore mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was just a very simple answer of saying if i can't trust something as simple as that then i can't trust anything but when we have those you know, that protection at home, like obviously your, your daughter, and I know you say you're, you're Catholic, so I'll be praying for you guys on this. Thank you. That um, just obviously she must feel some kind of safety at home for her to be herself at home. And that is definitely hope and light to be holding on to. Um, if there's Jennifer, is there's anything just to and our interview, I know you have so much more to share, and I'd be happy that if there's more you want to share, I would love to have you on again uh, and give updates on what you've learned or any tips. But what are some what are some things that you'd really like to share with parents right now that you think is important for them to know after you've learned so much? Uh, a few things. One is that this can happen to any family. Um, it tears families up. You know, it's 
it, it, it creates um, so much fear and it can happen to any family um, that it doesn't matter what you are politically um, it doesn't matter what you are religiously, that this is out there and it's put out there to kids as, oh, you know, you're, let's look at the menu. You decide what you are. Um, to your point that one plus one doesn't equal two, you've got experts out there saying that that is correct. You've got doctors, um, you've got schools, people in authority who will say your parents aren't right. And while parents do have power, I'm feeling like we don't anymore. You know, I'm feeling very powerless and, um, and, and made the enemy. And I also just want to say that families do not need to go down the path to affirm, even though we're told that we have to. That, that's a scary message to get when you first hear from your child that they feel this way. The suicide statistics are wrong. But when those statistics are used, children take them to heart and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. But parents don't have to affirm. And there is a network of, of people who actually understand, who want to know the truth about this and that they can find those parents and resources. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing about your family and your daughter. And um, this is you know, what you share today, I can only imagine is going to impact many, many families who are facing the very same issue, or perhaps really just opening the eyes to parents who think that I love your point that says, it doesn't matter when you said, it doesn't matter what your politics or religion are, every child is being affected by this. Um, and so hopefully that wakes up some parents that you, you know, you need to be much more watchful and set some boundaries with your kids to ensure that they're protected. Jennifer, thank you so much for being thank with us. Thank you, Monica. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Monica Klein Show. If you are a company or small business who would like to advertise on the podcast, please contact me at hello at monicaklein.com. And to learn more about my nonprofit, please visit us at it takes a family.org.